This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. My name is Dan Gillette, and today I'm joined by Charlie Meng. Both of us serve in different roles at Valley Bible Church. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Behold, our humble little podcast. My name is Dan, and what a delight it is to have you with us today. However long it's going to be, we don't know if it's going to be 30 minutes, 45 minutes, an hour, an hour, 45 minutes, hopefully not that long, but man, just so grateful that you have taken this time to behold the glory of God in the face of Christ with us. Joining me today is Charlie Mang the wonderful, the tall, the talented, the interesting, illustrious. Illustrious. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie Mang, right. welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It is it is wonderful to be here. I'm not worried about time because Sean's not around, you know? So Yeah, because he usually uh, cracks the whip. He, he, well, yeah, but he also adds a lot. So oh, maybe it'll true. just be 20 minutes. We'll see. You guys, we'll see. That's good. That's I'm good. excited. Yes. One glaring uh vacancy on this wonderful podcast is is sean he's dealing with with uh, a, fam- a family thing um wendy had a had a little bit of an accident a tooth got jammed up in there i, I assume she was wendy uh she goes hard yep. she, she plays yep. hard she runs fast she climbs so i don't know what is what happened but i assume it was some t- some type of adventure that gone wrong so if you um uh, if you feel so inclined please pray for wendy and the helches uh, I think, I think it's not super serious, but probably it's still probably scary, scary still, and yeah, painful, not, not and, fun. Yeah, and and of, and of course he's probably so bummed to miss the podcast. Oh yeah, it's yeah. the highlight of his week. Yeah, so please pray for them. Also, apologies to all of our beholders out there. We did not have an episode last week, and we did not warn you that we weren't going to have an episode last week, and that's on us. But we had a little bit of a different staff schedule last week. And we were we were in some different meetings that took us away from our our normal slot. So please forgive us, because I know it's like how could you go on? Without? I feel like I, I feel like what you should start doing on those weeks when that happens, because it's it's rare, right? But it'll just be like a very special look back, and it's like you just pull one of the pods from the archives. You it's know what actually I mean? not, a lot you of people just, do that. Yeah. A lot of people, yeah. in fact, some of my favorite podcasts have resorted to that, and I feel like it's pretty lazy. But I always appreciate it. Well, if it's if it's if it's every week, then yeah, there's an issue there. But once in a while, you know. No, it's a good call. It's a good yeah. call. Well, today we are going to continue on in our conversations around the Gospel of Luke. We've been going through this series on Sunday mornings called "Glimpses of Glory," and it's just been really great just to to I don't know, like come back to just the the source of of Jesus and and what he's all about and his teachings and what he did in his earthly ministry and man it's just been it's been so great to just follow his his story and his life and just to understand who God is and what he's like and Charlie you shared a message out of chapter 7 at the crossing and i know for me it was super i don't know like interesting it, it was it was an angle a perspective that i had never really thought about before uh, regarding John the Baptist. And so for those that maybe missed it or for those that need a little refresher, would you just give us a brief overview, a synopsis of Luke 7, 18 through 28? Like what, what were you, what were you, what were you, um, you know, exegeting for us? Hmm. Yeah. Well, one, I, I mean, the, the more we get into the Luke series, the more excited I am about our title for this series, the glimpses of glory. Right. And, and really we get this, this, I don't know, incredible look at the life of Jesus and how people responded to his glory. And, and you get the whole gamut of, of different responses, you know, people who get angry with him, who want to kill him, people who are, are just absolutely amazed at him. Um, you know, people who follow him, like lay down everything to follow after him. You just get all these different responses to the glory of Jesus and and this is a unique section of scripture because we get a glimpse of John the Baptist's response um, to Jesus and the ministry that he's been doing. Um, 
So we know John is in jail. It's kind of like a point. where are they now? Type that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's yeah. A, I, I called it like a little reprisal. Like we get yeah. this little little taste of John. What's what's going on in his mind and heart? Um, but yeah, he's he's in prison uh, because of his ministry, because of the message of repentance that he he would he would tell anyone. It landed him in jail, and he keeps getting reports back from his his disciples who have gone on to follow Jesus to watch what Jesus is doing. And they're coming back to John and saying, yeah, here's what's going on. He's healing people. He's raising people from the dead. I mean, incredible things that they're reporting mm. back. And his, his response to that is to send, you know, two of, of his folks to go to Jesus and to ask the question, are you the one who is to come or shall we look for another one? Should we look for somebody else? And, and really in that question is, is conveyed this uh, unmet expectation for, for John and and probably uh, wrapped into that just a a maybe some personal hurt his cousin the one who he prepared a way for right um the one who he understood as the messiah the one who it was said of god as the heavens opened up this is my son with whom i am pleased he heard all that stuff he saw all that stuff and yet the reports that he's getting back don't align with what his expectations are um, that he, he was expecting judgment, expecting the king, right? Expecting this conquering hero to come in and, and liberate Israel. And, and he's confused. And so he sends these guys and these guys enter the scene as Jesus is doing like incredible miracles, like a bunch of things all at once. And they're watching that and they come to him and they present the question that John sends them to ask. And, Jesus says, go tell them what you've seen and heard. Look at, look at everything that I'm doing. And in the way that he phrases that, you know, that the, the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, all those things. He's, he's quoting from Isaiah 35, maybe paraphrasing Isaiah 35. But they would understand that. Uh, and so they take off to go tell John. And then Jesus uses that as an opportunity to teach the crowds, to, to talk about John, but to really elevate ultimately himself and the message that he is bringing of the new covenant, the new kingdom, what it's going to look like. And it's, it's going to be great next week. Uh, Nathan's going to wrap up this section because it continues on with John in view. And uh, yeah, it's, it's just really cool how he identifies those that listened to John's message and repented and how they were able to understand then Jesus's ministry in a better sense. Those who rejected John's message did not repent. Uh, they're the ones who hate Jesus's ministry and, and what he's up to. So, yeah. Yeah. Good recap. No, it's excellent. And, and there's so many different things that, that stick out to me. And it's with regards to the, just how you outline the different responses mm. that we see. The thought that just came to mind is in, in some ways Jesus is saying, tell, correct me if I'm wrong, the proof is in the pudding. Yeah. You know, like look at look at what I'm doing and yep. look at how I'm teaching and and. Well, it's really great just, you know, again, not to get ahead of ourselves, but this section, verse 35, I think wraps up, or, or at least in what Jesus says next, he says, wisdom is justified by her children. And, and essentially, it's that same idea. The proof is in the pudding. Like, when you see the lives change, when you see what's going on, it speaks to who I am and the authenticity of my message. Yeah, absolutely. And that... The, the idea of expectations mm. and cause like you said, John's disciples, John himself, any, anybody who grew up in the Jewish way would have been familiar with the, the prophecies about yep. the coming Messiah. Yep. And every year they'd be reminded of this, right. Um, through the very, the various feasts and festivals and, and there was this sense of longing, you know, yep. among, among the people of Israel that, Hey, we're, we're waiting for, for the Messiah to come. But what can happen is we can we can take those those promises, those prophecies, and really run with them in a way that God didn't outline for us in Scripture, and and I think that's why a lot of people, um, maybe some of the the Jewish people in particular, just rejected Jesus because he didn't he didn't show up and like they expected, and yep. he didn't do what they hoped he would. He came, as you said on Sunday, t to to suffer and. Yep. That and his the battle that he was fighting was a was to atone for sin and, and was to to bring about the righteousness of God through through him pouring out his life on the cross and 
Yeah, typically when we think about a conquering hero, we don't think about someone who dies. <laughs> yep, yep. You know? Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, you know, it's and, and there's various passages in Scripture where you you under you you see Jesus was perfected through his suffering. He's already perfect, right? In mm-hmm. his in his d- divine nature. Yes. Um, but in order to have the title as of savior, in order to have the title of Lord, in order to have the title of King, there were things he had to do. You yeah. know what I mean? And so there was this process that he had to walk through. And I think that Israel just put the cart before the horse. They mm. they said. We want the king and we want, we want the, the king victory now. now. Yeah. But Jesus had to demonstrate his his kingliness. He had to demonstrate his authority, his victory over death, all those things in order for that next phase to happen, which is a phase that, that ultimately we're still waiting for that fulfillment, you know, Absolutely. his second coming. Yeah. And the thing that was so interesting for me on Sunday was just to go through John the Baptist's thought process hmm. and... Just, I'd never thought about him having a doubt. I mean, because I don't know, you think about John the Baptist as, as one of the most remarkable, radical, devout. I mean, Jesus says <laughs> of any, of humans born of woman, there is no one greater. Exactly. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like yeah. You, he's this, like, he's this like sterling example, I think in a lot of people's minds of, of what it means to be sold out for Christ yep. and to just be fully devoted to, to God's plan for salvation and, and just, you know, yep. and so, so to get, to get a little glimpse of like, Oh wow. No, he actually, he actually struggled with, with some stuff. And I thought you did such a great job of talking about, you know, his, his personal struggle. Like he, he was imprisoned, you know, he, he was awaiting execution yep. and, he had to be thinking, Hey, are you, Jesus, are you just going to leave me <laughs> out, on. hanging yep. out, you know, to dry here? I, I, I was out there, you know, on the ledge for you. Like, are you going to let me, you know what I mean? Um, and even in his, even in his sold outness for, for Jesus, he was still influenced by misconceptions yep. about, uh, about what people were expecting the Messiah to do and, and be. And then, you know, not his fault, but he didn't have the full, the full grasp. Like that's kind of what, what you talked about is there, there, the full mystery of the gospel ha- had not yet been revealed. Like yep. it was this, it was this unique time in history where, where Jesus is, is instituting something brand new, this new covenant. And he was right in the middle of it, right in the beginning of it. Um, and then, I think like a lot of us, he, he misunderstood a prophecy. You know, he misunderstood a promise of God. Um, you, you brought us to Malachi four one, and, and just that, you know, that, um, that victory and that, that. Well, I think, you know, and, 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 and yeah, I, I don't think necessarily misunderstood. It was more, this isn't the timeline. Mm, you know what I mean? I think he, yeah. he understood. Yeah. Judgment is going to happen. Like yeah, that is, yeah, you know what I mean? Good point. But he, but he. Which I think it speaks to us so much. Like we look at the promises of God and we want them now. I look at my own life, areas where I struggle, areas where uh, I, I just am, am, am still working through grief or whatever it may be. Right. And I've got this consolation of, of God's promises that I know one day I'll step into, but I want it now. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And yeah. so when, when I start to say, well, God said he's going to do it I, and it needs to happen now, I am getting off of his timeline and I'm not trusting him. You know what I mean? And I think that's really what's going on there. It's not a doubt, again, like I said, that's coming from a place of denial. Yeah. It's a doubt that's arising from a place of genuine faith. It's just he's, he was misguided. Yeah. I think that that's such a great distinction to make. And one of the places that I was pondering as you were teaching on Sunday was just the the reaction that Jesus – and this is getting ahead of the game a little bit. We'll get there eventually. But the reaction that Jesus is – disciples had to, uh, the resurrected Christ. Yep. So here's something that he told them would happen. <laughs> yep. And, and then it did happen and they, they, they couldn't wrap their heads around it. His, his death and resurrection. Yeah. Yeah, like, just, well, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I was just reading in, in John chapter 20, just how Jesus, uh, deals with Thomas and poor Thomas, you know, he gets this moniker for all of history, yeah. doubting Thomas. 
And I think, I don't know, I can, I can see myself in there. I can relate to, to him. Yep. Yep. And, and I, I thought it might be kind of an interesting conversation for us to maybe com- compare and contrast like John's wrestle with belief versus Thomas's wrestle with belief and just how Jesus meets that, you yep. know? Yep. And an obvious similarity to me is both went straight to the source, Yep. right? So John sends his, his, his buddies to go get a report because he can't go there himself with Thomas. If you don't know the story, you can, you can read about it in John 20 starts in John 24. So basically, um, he was, he was not with the disciples when, when the Lord appeared to, to them. And so he hears this report from his, his buddies and, and they say, Hey, we've, we saw Jesus. Like he's, he's alive. And, and he says to them, well, I'm not going to believe it until I see it. I need to Which see is a, it. It's a, it's a wild, but completely understandable. Totally. Right? It's wild from the sense of Jesus has been telling you. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? And like, we have the, we have the luxury of perspective. Of, of, yeah, we can hindsight is absolutely 2020. Right. Uh, but at the same time, like, I mean, not, not to trivialize this or to, or to make it, make it weird, but like if somebody came up to me and was like, we saw Sarah, she's alive. Wow. I would be like, I'll see it when I believe it. Of course we would respond that way. Totally. Like, of course we would respond. It that is, way. it is wild to, for someone to come back from the, life, dead. from yeah, the dead. Yeah. Especially, yeah. especially coming back from a death of crucifixion. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's you know, as brutal as that was. Yeah. But what I, what I, what happens is a week later, the disciples are all together and Jesus comes, he enters the room. He, the doors are locked. Somehow he gets in, he, he, he walks through the walls and I love what he says right there. He says, peace be with you. Mm. And what he is doing is he's drawing near in a way that like he is, he's meeting that, that need. He sees the, the, the disbelief. And he's and he wants to enter into that and bring about confidence and assurance, because what does he say to Thomas? He he goes he goes right to the to, to the to the he goes right for the jugular, yep. and somehow he knew he's God. Of course. Yep. He knew yep. what Thomas what was in Thomas's heart, and he says, "Go ahead, put your finger right here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believed." Stop doubting and believe. And then verse 28, Thomas said to him, my Lord, my God. And then 29, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen me yet have and yet have believed. And that's us, which is cool. We're blessed. But I, I, in the same way, I've experienced this type of kindness and compassion and peace of, of, of Jesus in seasons that where I've had doubt. You know, and one of the things that I think is is helpful to distinguish is a heart that says, "I believe, help my unbelief." Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's it's I I have faith, but but it's it's wavering, or I I want to believe, but I just I I don't have the understanding that I need. Versus a, a, what I would call a skeptical heart posture where, where basically you're, you're looking for any reason to not believe. And I think it's clear that Thomas in this passage had, um, the former rather than the latter, because he, he got to a place where, where, when Jesus, Jesus met him in his need and his faith was strengthened and he, he got to, he got over that, that unbelief. If he was coming in with a skeptical heart, he would have. Been, he would have. I don't know. Thought like, oh, I don't know. Any, you know, you went plastic to, surgery. Yeah, or, exactly. Or, or yeah, yeah. yeah this just, is you. You come up with things. Or right? I'm it's, imagining this. Yeah. Like I'm in a dream, or or you know, this is some kind of hoax or whatever, right? And and we've all encountered people like that. Where, it, I mean, the the resurrected Christ could appear in bodily form in front of them, and they still wouldn't believe, yeah. right? And I think it's a good gut check for us, whether we're looking at John's struggle with unbelief or Thomas's struggle with unbelief. It's like, 
where's, where's my heart at? Like, do, do I genuinely want to be reassured? And am I, am I taking advantage of, of what God has provided for me to be strengthened? Or am I, do I kind of like my unsettledness or, or do I, do I take pride in being a skeptic? Well, and, and I mean, the the beauty of skepticism is that it's a license to do whatever you want. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. If Jesus isn't who he says he is, then I get to live my life however I want to. Right. And so, yeah, there, there are people, it's not, it's not so much the skepticism. It's just a, a stubborn pride that then manifests as skepticism so that they can maintain that life. You know what I mean? But one of the things like you had said, and it sparked in my mind, but in comparing Jesus, excuse me, comparing Thomas and John is I am convinced of this, that our God has given and continues to give us everything we need to believe. Yeah. I mean, Romans lays that out, right? Like if you just look at creation itself, like there has got to be a God behind it. You know what I mean? There's that, yeah. that, that silly argument of even just a ballpoint pen. If you were to hold up a ballpoint pen and say, did this happen by accident or was there a designer? You know what I mean? You're like, of course somebody made that. Right. Man, how much more is that true about nature, about the human body, about the human eyeball? You know what I mean? Like there's so much behind that. So that's just one example. I think God also does it personally where he gives us what we need. And I think that that's what's going on with Thomas. Thomas needed to see him and, and Jesus in his grace and kindness did that. You know what I mean? And he knows Thomas's heart better than Thomas knows it. He knows John's heart better than John knows it. So he knows good. how to meet people where they are. Yeah. And maybe that's one of the takeaways from, from this text is to just, if, if you're struggling with unbelief, just go to Jesus. Yep. And I go to the real Jesus because that's the other thing Mm, too, right? Is that there are so many theological camps or, or, uh, you know, Christian ministries or even cults out there, whatever you want to say that misinterpret scripture. And and we're all guilty of that from time, sometime to another, one time to another, right? Like we, we want to be yourself, man. I'm I'm, I'm perfect. (laughs) Um, like I want to be diligent always to grow and to understand more and to to know what was the author's intent behind writing these things. What is God's intent by providing and preserving these things for us? Because that's one of the issues, and it's what John struggled with. It's the misconceptions of the society around him influenced him um, to have false expectation. And so, if we're listening to false teaching, if we're listening to things that aren't revealing the true word of God to us and we're developing ideas about who God is from those things, it's not going to go well. You know what I mean? Like God is not going to cater, you know what I mean? To whatever Mm. the false interpretation is. And, and so, man, that, that's such a big thing for me with this stuff is I, I want to constantly have that heart of humility that says I need to continue to understand in greater and greater ways the relational promises of God. Yeah. And, and don't you think, tell me if this, if you agree with this, don't you think that if you, if, if that's your pursuit, if that's where you go with your unbelief or your doubt, you go to some, some false or twisted or perverted understanding of Jesus and, and his message and, and his gospel. If you go somewhere else, don't you think that it's ultimately going to be unsatisfying? 100%. Yeah. So that, that longing or that unsettledness that you feel, if you don't go to, to the, the revelation in scripture of, 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 of Christ, then yeah, you're, you're, you're going to stay unsettled yep. in in it. And I don't and know. You're do, not going to think... be satisfied. I mean, right. you look at like, and, and I say this because it's in scripture, right. this is how God talks about Israel you've got me and yet you continue to go to the prostitute. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. You continue to turn yourself over to these other things and, and will there be satisfaction maybe for a brief moment, Yeah. but it is not meeting your ultimate need. You know what I mean? And so I think that we oftentimes look at these other theologies or look at these other ideas or look at these things that are twisted versions of truth. They scratch our itch maybe. It does. And it's like going to a prostitute. That's not, it's not going to fulfill. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and in John chapter 20, you see that, you see a picture of that. Basically, John, I mean, uh, Thomas goes to the real Christ and yep. he is satisfied. Yes. And his faith is strengthened and 
he's able to overcome his unbelief. Is there anything similar that we can see from John? Like, do we get another peak later? We don't. So the, the only real thing that we understand is that after he's beheaded, um, the news comes back to Jesus and the disciples help to arrange burial and all that kind of stuff. And I think, I do think that that, that piece of the compassion that's shown and the care that's shown um, speaks to John. He came around. Coming around, understanding yeah. Jesus's answer. I also think in the way that Jesus phrased that last statement that he makes to um, the crowd. No, to the, the, the disciples that come. Oh, gotcha. Um, when he says, uh, blessed is he who is not offended by me, right? Blessed. Yeah. Mm. I think that that pronouncement of blessing I think I've mentioned this Sunday, like he could have said, woe to the one who is offended by he me. He could have gone on the negative. Yeah. And yeah. that would have, that would have communicated something about John's heart just as much as blessed is the one who is not offended by me. Mm -hmm. I think communicates something about John's heart. So I, I think that again, Jesus gave John what he needed to understand. Yeah. And is it, would it be too much speculation to, to say if, if John didn't, wasn't satisfied with the report he got back from Jesus do you think he would have maybe recanted and, and not we been may have, executed? We may have heard more about him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Or maybe, yeah. I mean, the fact that he, he was martyred mm -hmm. says a lot about he, that he maintained his commitment to Christ and his devotion to Jesus. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and I mean, his martyrdom was under weird circumstances, right? If you that's recall, true, like Herod true. doesn't really want to kill him, but he was like whoever, a favor to his favor to his daughter. I forget yeah. the whole, the whole thing, but yeah, I want the head on a platter. I want the head on a platter. Like it's wild, Ooh, right? It's wild. Yeah. Yeah. So we don't really get to, to see that necessarily, but I don't know. Like, have you ever had a season in your life where you, I mean, I know you shared about, about your, you know, your prayers and your heart and your longing for, for Sarah to be healed yep. and just how you had to make sure that your expectations were set you know, on the right, on stuff. the right things. Yep. And yep. that there was, there was some influence that, that was trying to get you focused on the wrong things. Um, and I, I think we all really appreciated your vulnerability and sharing about that. And it was, I don't know. Do you want to talk about maybe, cause we, you know, we looking at, we looked at Thomas's, uh, how Jesus satisfied his, his, you know, lo yep. longing and, and John as well. Like, do you want to talk about, how you're, how Jesus met you in that time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, and I think it's so important for me to note that, uh, I prayed continuously for Sarah to be healed. <laughs> and, and, you know, you, you, you pointed out before this whole thing, we've talked about it a ton. There have been many, there were many times in Sarah's life where there was miraculous healing, where God prolonged her days and, I mean, at least three times in our marriage where doctors are like, rally the family. This is it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it did. And, and then she pulled through. You yeah. know what I mean? The Lord worked in that. Um, but every time those prayers in my heart, were, it's this understanding. God absolutely has the authority and power to heal her. He invites us to come to him to seek his miraculous movement. Right. Yeah but he doesn't promise that he's going to do it. Yeah. And so I, I always wanted to keep that in check. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Just in my heart of just the awe of who God is, the ability and those times that he did prolong her days, like, man, the gratitude for that. I mean, one yeah. of them was eight days after our daughter was born. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the idea of me raising a 15 month old and an eight day old by myself. I'm so grateful that, that Sarah got another eight years. You know what I yeah. mean? Like from that point. And so I, 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 I get to marvel at his grace. I get to still stand in confidence of what mm -hmm. he is able to do. But let's be honest, every time that she was healed, you know what I mean? Every time that she pulled through those things, there's still sickness. There's yeah. still, we're, we're still, you know, in these bags of flesh that are, yeah. you know, wasting away. Our outer nature is wasting away. Right. And like so I, think about, I even on? think about Lazarus. Like yeah, he, he, right? was, he died. Jesus brought him back to life again. But guess what? He died. He died again. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know, and, and just like everybody else, he'll be raised again, you know, on that yep. day. So it's, we have to have this eternal perspective. And, and I think because I don't know, tell me, tell me if you wouldn't mind sharing because you have that perspective in your prayer life and because your mind was set 
in a in a in a faith filled yet biblically restrained way. Yep. Did did it make her her passing? What was there less doubt to to deal with because you you had that perspective? Hundred percent. I mean, I like. That's been the beautiful thing, I think, in all of this. One of them is I, I, there was never any doubt. You know what I mean? Like, and, and even like near the end, my heart for my wife echoed the sentiment of Paul in, in Philippians, right? Like for me to live as Christ, to die as gain. Like yeah. this is this is her ultimate healing. The healing that I really want for her yes. is only going to happen on that other side. You know what I mean? And so... So having that straight in my mind, I think was just such a hedge of protection, you know what I mean, from from ways that my flesh, the enemy, the world could could possibly have tried to to instill some doubt or to instill some like God isn't that good. He could have healed her, but he didn't. Or maybe God isn't that powerful. He couldn't do what you wanted. You know what I mean? Like. No, no, I know his promises <laughs> yeah. and I know he's faithful. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there, when, there was, yeah. And, and I don't know if anyone else feels this way, but it's been, it's been an interesting process going through this, you know, this gospel narrative in Luke, because it just seems so glaring and, and obvious and, and right in your face, the healing power of Jesus. And I mean, it's just, it is is mind blowing. And, and it's just, there's so much miraculous activity happening. It's, it's just, it's been hard for me then to see people die. (laughs) Like in this series, sure. We've had people, um, Emily and I, our neighbor, uh, a friend, a friend that we grew up with, you know, um, uh, a sister of, of a close friend, in this series, we've, we've lost people and, and we prayed fervently and, and in Jesus name and believed upon him that he can heal. And so sometimes it can be hard to reconcile what we experience versus what we, what we read about in Luke, you know? And, and one of the things that's helped me, and I'm, I'm curious if you could help, if you could shed some more light on it, but just, just preaching to myself sentences uh, like this. Jesus is healer. He's compassionate and powerful. And he, he has a a track record of raising the dead and healing the blind and causing the lame to walk. Yeah, that's true. And sometimes he doesn't, (laughs) you know what I mean? Just that, that little connector of like, that is true. And I can wholeheartedly believe that. But, or, and sometimes he's, he's got a different plan in mind. Yep. Well, and I think, you know, I, I want to be careful with this because I think that there are a lot of views and there are views that I don't necessarily align myself with, um, that I understand. And the people who, who live under those views love Jesus, you know what I mean? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, so yeah. understand, like I'm, I'm always growing. I'm always developing my own, my own assessment of what scripture shows and what scripture tells right. us. But I am convinced of this, that the healings we see in the gospels, the healings we see in the book of Acts, they are acting as signs to point to the authenticity of the words of, of what Christ is communicating to yeah. people. Right. Um, I think that in our, our day and age, it's very easy where the sign or excuse me, the miracle becomes the thing. That's the thing that we want is the miracle. Give me the miracle. Give me the healing. Yeah. Where what, what Jesus is doing is he's using those healings in order to communicate the truth. Does it give us a foretaste of heaven? hundred percent. His kingdom in his presence there in Israel, as it's rolling out, you are getting a foretaste of what the divine is going to be like, what heaven is going to be like, what it's going to, you know what I mean? Where there aren't these things, it's all done away with, you know? Um, but I do think sometimes we, we read like what Jesus does and we we, we stop it. Oh, he healed a lot of people. Therefore he'll heal my situation. Right. And, and again, sometimes he does, sometimes he does incredible things in our lives, but we've got to remember like the point isn't our comfort. 
he, he cares about our comfort, but it's not the point. The point of what he's doing isn't about our longevity. You know what I mean? In terms of an earthly body, that's not, mm-hmm. that's not his primary concern. He's a compassionate, loving, just like he did with Thomas, just like he did with John. He shows compassion to these guys. Um, he shows compassion to this woman. He shows compassion to Lazarus and, and his sisters. He sh- we, we see yeah. that, but it's not the primary thing. The yeah. primary thing is the message of, I am eternal life. Mm-hmm. Follow me. Yeah, you think this is good? I have something so much better. It's to authenticate who he is. Yeah. And, and it's not that we aren't to pray for that. I mean, even we're instructed in James, Hey, if any of you are sick, come to the elders, let them lay hands on you. Yes. And, and so we never want to limit what God can do. And, and I think there's even something so beautiful in, in a heart posture and, and just living life in, in this like, dependency upon him. Right. I think there's something really like we were talking offline earlier, or maybe it was someone else I was meeting with today. I don't know. It all, it all runs together, but we were talking just about the idea of boasting in our weakness, right? So when we are at a place, when we're convinced that, uh, we have nothing to offer that we have no sufficiency that is in and of ourselves. When we get to that place of humility and dependency upon God, that's when his strength is made perfect. Yep. That's when, that's when he can do his best work through us. And so I think there is, there is uh, a discipline and a training of our, of ourselves to say, Hey, if I'm sick, my first gut response should be prayer and, yep. and privately, corporately asking people to join me in that. And not that we don't go to the doctor or that we don't uh, make adjustments to whatever our, whatever we can do to, to control how we're feeling or what we're dealing with. There's certainly wisdom in that, but I just, I love that idea of, of going to the Lord in prayer and just asking for healing. We, we're, we're definitely not trying to discourage that in any way. hundred percent. But what, what we are, well, I mean, that's, that's what yeah. Paul does, right? Like, right. like, and from that, that whole passage is what that's about is that he's dealing with what he calls a thorn in his flesh, right. a messenger of Satan. You know what I mean? To, to humble him, to, to mess with him. And, and every, most scholars agree that that is some physical ailment that he yes. is going through. And he goes to God, you know, yeah. he goes three times, which yeah. I think for Paul was a lot. You know what I mean? I think, I think one time would have been enough for Paul. Okay. I didn't get what I wanted. I'm going to keep going, but right. no, he, he goes three He's times. Like, Are you sure Lord? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Come on. And what does God reveal to him in that moment? You're not going to be healed. My grace is, sufficient. my grace is sufficient for you. Right. Yeah. And my power is made perfect in your weakness. And so, so yeah, it's going to the Lord with that open hand that it's not about my preconceptions of what he is going to do. It is about my understanding of what he can do and recognizing that even if he doesn't, he's still good. He's still God. He still cares. You know what I mean? And he wants to accomplish incredible things in my life, through my life for his kingdom. Yeah. And maybe that is something too that we can encourage you guys, you beholders out there to, to cultivate this week is just that eternal perspective, the long view. And man, it's just so easy, I think, to get focused on how we're feeling today. And the just, is our life going well? You know, are we, are we healthy, happy? Mm -hmm. And, and is, are we, are we prosperous? Right. Uh, As opposed to just thinking about God's kingdom and, understanding that we, you know, we're aliens here on earth. Like this is, this is not meant to be our home. This is not meant to be where we put all of our, our stock and our energy. So Charlie, like what are some things that you do in your life to, to cultivate that eternal perspective or just that long view? Yeah. Um, I mean, one is, is I welcome not in like some weird martyrdom way, but I welcome suffering mm. when, when it comes up, I, I do my best not to avoid it, you know, and, and obviously there are lots of things you can run to, to escape or to, to avoid thinking about, you know, all that kind of stuff. And I've had moments of that, of course, where I've, I've tried to walk away and tried to try to escape whatever it is, having to deal with the grief, deal with the suffering, but I've learned more and more to, to welcome that. And, and I think because it's like I, a mindset you have. It's a mindset I have. Yeah. I'm just saying, I, I want to, 
I want to, um, I want to trust God. And one of the greatest places to trust God is in the midst of difficulty. You know what I mean? And it's a, and, and, and is it too much to say that you, it's a mindset that you cultivate when you're not suffering? Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so you can't wait until the suffering comes to to start. You want to plan and prepare. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you just like you would for a for a natural disaster, right? Yeah. Like you want to plan and prepare for whatever's going to come. And so I'll I'll tell you a few things. Like, and these are silly to some degree, but it really is just part of my makeup and part of the things that I I, I do in my life. To, you've been through some stuff, right? What? Well, and I, I like for instance, I want this mindset to love people, and I want this mindset in my in my heart to be. Um, Love is sacrificial. Mm. I, I I would say ninety five percent of the time I go to the grocery store or to the bank or to you name it, I park as far away as possible because keeping like letting that spot be up closer and somebody else is going to get that. Sure. That can be the small act of love, yeah. and it's wonderful for me. And it's a silly discipline, but it's wonderful for me because as I'm walking all the way into the stores, I'm hauling my groceries all the way back to my car, I get to stop and just say, okay, like I, I remember it. You know what I mean? It's yeah. not just this, this, you know, it's a physical trigger. Reminder. Exactly. Yeah. That, that, that helps me pray and helps me, uh, remember who I am. Remember, you know, the, the, even the smallest things that we do, you know what I mean? The Lord sees that. And so it's, it, that helps me in some sense, like to have these certain things just as keep patterns, at the forefront of your patterns mind. in my life. Yeah. yeah. That are going to help me just keep the right perspective so that when I do get hit by the wave, mm. you know what I mean? I can say, I, I bless the wave that yeah. crashes me into the feet of Jesus. That's like, so right? cool. Well, and there's so many, that was a Spurgeon quote, by the way. Oh, I love <laughs> so, that. There's, and there's so many different things that we, there's so many different things that, that could act as a similar trigger, right? Yep. For those of you that have kids, um, and I, I don't think this is just with my kids, but oh, oh, oh. they are very demanding. They, they require to, to, to be a, a father or a mother requires an immense amount of sacrifice yep. to do it in a way that, that is godly and, and loving and, and nurturing. And, and, you know, the, the way that we, we hear about in scripture, it, you have to lay down your rights and your interests and, your desires constantly. Now you can, you can have a mindset that bucks against that. Mm -hmm. And then every time that trigger comes up, it causes a pain point for you. And that can build up into resentment, anger, depression, you know, because you're fighting for your right. Yep. Or you can develop a mindset that says, Hey, every time, Every time that choice comes up to choose selfishly or sacrificially, I'm going to, I'm going to resolve to, to, to lay my right down and yep. do what's best for this person. And it's, it's like that, you know, whether it's a sibling or a roommate or a coworker or, you know, just could be, could be any relationship. I think the, the Christian life is. It, it's it's a substitutional life, right? Yep. That that's yep. like that's the heart at the heart of the gospel. It's my life for your life, yep. and this. I think the more we can embrace that, and the more we can basically set our mind on, hey, life is not about me and and getting what I want. The more we can, I think, the more at peace we'll be, and the more settled we'll be in. Dealing with things that might normally cause us doubt. Yep. Doubt or, or frustration or, or whatever it may be. I mean, I love, I love, um, I think it's Philippians two, probably around verse 13, but he says, do everything without complaining or grumbling. If you complain and grumble, it's an indication that you're not, you're not walking in line with what God has done for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because we can, we can because of God's grace, view every situation as being a chance for us to become more like Jesus, to grow, to love, to sacrifice, right? Yeah. So like you said, like with your kids, your kids are like, oh, I need this. And you're like, oh, like I, there've <laughs> right. been times where I, the moment I pull into the driveway at work, I get a call from the school because Jude tripped. And, and I'm like, he's, he's fine. Yeah, yeah. 
And so then I get in the car and the whole way back to the school, I'm like, you know what I mean? And so I've got to check that because here's the promise attached to it. Do everything out without complaining or grumbling so that you may become blameless and pure children of God in a crooked and depraved generation in which you will shine like stars as you hold out the word of life, which is Christ. Like, that's what I want my life to look Mm -hmm. like. You know what I mean? And, and. And so it's just it's it's developing those patterns because I I really do think that when those patterns are in place, where you are you are truly training in your response to certain things, when the big things hit, you've already seen how God is faithful to yeah. use that. You've already seen the benefit in your own life. You're already aware of His faithfulness and compassion. It's it's just there. And so when you know your wife dies. Yeah, it's heartbreaking. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, it's it's the worst, right? But that doesn't mean God is the worst. You know what I mean? And you can stand yeah. in that with certainty. It doesn't it doesn't result in doubt. Yeah. What I'm hearing you say is that that eternal perspective is about remembering what this life is for. And 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 what what God has purposed for our time here on earth and that there is, there is going to be a day where every tear will be wiped from our eyes, where, where there will be no more sickness and even death itself will be eradicated forevermore. And we, if we try to live with that expectation here and now, we're just going to be very disappointed, (laughs) right? If we try to live with this sense of, of like, Hey, that rest that God promises me to enter in, I want it now. <laughs> I mean, it's similar to, to, to what, to, to, to the mixed reviews that Jesus got when, when he was going about his earthly yep. ministry, people were wanting it now. They, they, they weren't understanding what this moment in, in the arc of history is all about. And they weren't looking forward to that place, that city, that land where that God has promised that where, where, the fullness of his kingdom will come. So maybe that's what, what, how we, we develop that eternal perspective is we just, it's a reality check about what's, what's the, what's the purpose of, of life here on this side of eternity. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, uh, and, and then walking in that with confidence, you know what I mean? And, and trusting him. Right. And that's one of the things we, we get back to so much in this podcast and on Sundays, but is, um, remembering that we have a relational God. He's not a, a genie in a lamp that we rub when we need something, right? It is, it is relational. And As opposed I, to transactional. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's, not, it's not just give me what I want. Like we have a God who's capable of doing that. But I think a lot of times we're not operating in, in a relational, you know, in, a, in relationship with him. Mm. And then it just becomes this, you know, divine bending machine, right? Gimme, gimme, gimme. Gimme, gimme, gimme. But when we know him, when we're walking with him, when we're being led by him, it provides that stability to say whatever may come. You know, let it be, come what may. Yeah. It's it's fine. Yeah. We can we can endure that because we know who our God is. It's so great. And and I think it's a great segue into what we're going to be covering next week and you you stole a little bit of Nate's thunder. He's going to talk about... Just a bit, just a tiny yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just in verse 28, um, you mentioned it earlier. Jesus tells the crowd that he basically just talks about how awesome John is, right? No no one has ever lived that is greater than, than, than he. Yet, the one who is the least in the kingdom of God is greater than he. And what... What we, uh, what you explained and what we're going to see this, this coming week is that what Jesus is saying is what I'm instituting here, what I'm starting this, this new covenant is it's going to far exceed anything that's, that's come to, to this point. And we are partakers. We are, we are ministers. We're, we, we are caught up in this new covenant. If you are in Christ, you are part of this new work. Yep. that Jesus has instituted and and is building up to this 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 culmination at the end of days that we will we will walk in and we're going to we're going to unpack that next week 
Um, any other, any, any thoughts on that just to, to whet our appetite uh, without any spoilers, no, no, uh, no, no st- stepping on, on Nate's toes, but anything you want to say just to kind of get us pumped about what's coming. I mean, it's just what I said already on Sunday, I think it's just such an exciting thing that Jesus is starting to unveil more and more about what he's come to do. Um, and that's really, uh, as the, as the book continues to go on, you're going to see he's giving more insight. He's giving more clarity, but man, that, that implied contrast between the one born of woman and someone else, Mm. which we come to understand later on that, that it's the one born of God. You know what I mean? Like that, that new life, like you said, we've been ushered into, um, this family, this kingdom, we are citizens of heaven. Like just this incredible, incredible truth. Like that it seems right now, Jesus is just kind of teasing at, you know what I mean? And not that Jesus is, you know, withholding information, but I think he was purposeful in the way that he unfolded what it was that he was doing. But it just gets me so pumped up. And so I do, I, I gave the recommendation on Sunday. Um, what's the Hebrews eight? What, what verses did I list on that? Do you have that? Yeah. So you gave second Corinthians three, six or 18, which is one of our favorite passages here on the BLO podcast <laughs> and Hebrews eight, six through 12. Yeah. And I would, I would recommend Hebrews eight, take some time with that. You might have some questions that come up with it. Um, but it just talks about how much, more glory, how much more is revealed about God in the new covenant than the old yeah, and how it just surpasses the old in every way. It's a continuation of what God's doing, but man, it outshines in such a way that it makes the old look like nothing. Yeah. That's so good. Well, fantastic. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, Remember to keep Sean and Patty and Wendy in your prayers. And how do we do with time? I thought I thought we did pretty good. We're about fifty-one minutes. Wow, that's impressive. I thought we'd go like twenty-five. Hey, look at us. We did it. Hopefully, it was edifying and encouraging for you guys. If it wasn't, sorry about it. <laughs> uh, we did our best. <laughs> and uh, see, is there anything coming up that we want? Single service Sunday this, this Sunday, this Sunday at the Crossing, and at the Altamont at ten a.m. Because what are we doing after church? Oh, church picnic. That's right. So both services, both campuses will all be converging on Ken Mercer Sports Park for all kinds of food, fellowship, and fun. And festivities. Yeah. All the things. That Friend, friendliness. Yeah, all the great things that Christians Frivolity. Like. Yeah. So it's a, it is a bring-your-own-food picnic. So what, after we worship together, swing by your favorite restaurant spot, get it to go, meet us at the park, and we'll have a great time. The the weather forecast is looking ideal. It's like 78, 81. Yeah, sunny. Something like that. It's going to be beautiful. It's great. So come come join and celebrate, and uh, it'll be a great time. We love you guys. Love God you bless. Bye. See you next week. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.